Gardening Radio. I'm Ray Burton and welcome to another Let's Talk Gardening podcast. Our mission is to provide listeners with interesting, informative topics and up-to-date information. My co-host is Faya Caro, an award-winning gardener, horticulturalist and media presenter. Faye's passion is educating people. Oh, and she loves bugs a lot too. My passion is simply beautiful, healthy gardens. And together each week, we cover many great gardening subjects. Saturday morning and here come the girls, Ray and Faye, with Let's Talk Gardening. Hey gardening friends, how are you? We have a great program lined up for you this morning and the garden team is ready. Bev Daring, John Glidden and the lines are open 94841927 and you can email us by going to our personal email address where you come to us directly gardening at curtainfm.com.au. Big shout out to the dynamic duo, Chris Bartlett and Mark Carlton. Certainly rocked the breakfast show this morning. We were both enjoying their music. And of course, not to forget our cycling DJ, Jim Crinan, and he'll be back at 10am this morning with a classic 70s. Good morning, Fakaro. I'm feeling a bit puffed already and we haven't started. Oh, it's been a big it's been week, a hasn't big it? Week. Yeah. And look at you. You've got a big egg on your head. <coughs> I do. I do. I hope I don't pass out here. And uh, <laughs> I, I was opening the car boot. I leant in to get my bag out of the boot, uh, thinking that the boot was up higher, evidently, and whack. And this great big egg has just bounced up onto my head. Straight away it came up. I must have hit something. I know. Now, Ray, I want you to send yourself. I think so. I have to calm down. Breathe. Yes. And for everyone out there, it has been a big week. So let's just take a moment to centre ourselves and think positive thoughts. (laughs) Thank you, Guru. (laughs) How are you? How's everything? (laughs) It's crazy. Crazy but good. The times we are in are a changing, aren't they? They and are, and we have to be moving with them and rolling yes. with it. Yes. Ray, I think the word is flux, going with mm. the flow, being adaptable mm. and just moving, taking it all in our stride mm, because yeah. we're. I've, I kind of feel like I'm a goalie on a soccer field and, you know, there I am poised in the centre of the goals just ready to deflect whatever comes next or ready to move in the really? direction. That's yeah, right. I do. I do. <laughs> Maybe I should adopt that strategy at work. <laughs> yeah. or you, you just have to, to deal be, with whatever yeah, comes thrown yeah. at me next. On your toes, mm. you know, bouncing around, yeah. ready mm. to, mm. you know, okay. take it as it comes. Well, and sometimes we have to be like that, sitting here in our seats, ready Every. to take who knows what from our listeners. Every weekend. And, of course, we have our special guest this morning. Five past nine, we are speaking to the Honourable Dave Kelly, MLA, Minister for Water, Forestry and Youth. We're talking about water this morning and uh, we have a lot of questions to put uh, to uh, the Minister and we're looking forward to chatting to him at five past nine. We also have prizes galore starting today. We have our regular $75 gift voucher from Bigger Trees, which we'll be giving away today. And we'll be talking about prizes that we're going to be giving away starting from next week. And we're going to gear you up a little bit today about how you can go about winning a fabulous prize for next week. We'll announce the winner next week. We're going to let you email us as to why 
why you need or want uh, the product that we're going to talk about. And uh, we're very excited. Thanks to the Turf Growers Association of WA. They're giving us some fabulous prizes to give away on air. I'm just... Very excited. You're very pumped. I know you well, are. Well, I'm blown away to to receive that sort of support behind us and what mm. we do. So we are a channel for our listeners. Hopefully mm. we're a link or a conduit to doing things better and, you know, having having a say. And that's mm. what we want our listeners to do. I've got a desk full of emails here yes. from people who've already been been sending in questions and stories. Is, it, is this and for the minister? <laughs> no. Do you know We're what, Ray? We, we will have about 15 minutes to talk to the minister. So we need to be quite so, succinct. you know, last year we, we mm. kicked off about the bore water proposal. So what I said was this year we were going to start and talk about aquifers. We need more information, mm. correct, accurate information. Yeah. Uh, not from any side, but facts about where our water comes from. Mm. No two people will agree on the use. We've established that already. Yes. Uh, as home gardeners, what can we do? How can we do it better? And this is why we're we're being supported because we're here to inform, educate, and inspire not only everyone out there but ourselves. You know, surely we can work together. And all do things a little bit better for mm. the sake of our environment. Yeah, correct. Agreed. All right. We're heading to Gosnell's. First call of the morning. Veronica, how are you? Good morning. I'm fine, thanks. Good. What I have is two questions, please. We have a stagnant swimming pool next door. It's not full, but there is some water in it. Um, we, ha- we are having black marks appearing on our jasmine and on our canners. Could this stagnant swimming pool have anything to do with it? Oh. Um, uh, Veronica, do you have a radio on in the background? I do. You want me to put it down, do yes. you? Yes, please. Uh, it does interfere okay. with the sound. So, all right. All right, I'll put it off. Excellent. Thank, Thank you. you. So, uh, a stagnant stagnant pool is it yes. like a swimming pool that's been let yes. go and yes, it's, it's green go for, sorry it's been let go for about two or three years oh, okay this this is not good and and perhaps this is a case of working together i know pools are one of the subjects uh that at this time of year where we're talking about water can waste water mm-hmm. through evaporation uh yeah. and and people say well if you can afford a pool you should be able to afford to manage it that's not always the case and removing a pool can be a very costly exercise now yes. it, it may be a rental home obviously the owners are not interested uh in keeping it going perhaps it's no, a council it issue it would certainly it be breeding mosquitoes if it's unmanaged they can mm-hmm. be converted into um like wetland type gardens by adding plants and fish so it would be a case of getting to the person that's living there and or who's responsible and seeing if you might be able to help them Um, so that's one issue i doubt whether that would actually be causing the black spots on on your plants now Mm -hmm. it could be a bug issue it could be burning. Without seeing photos, it's a little bit hard to say. Water yeah. or overwatering could could cause black spots. 
it could be bacterial, it could be fungal. Uh, mm-hmm. If you can't send a photo into us, you could take some leaf samples in a plastic bag or a paper bag to a local garden centre or nursery and get them mm-hmm. to have a look at it because a, a qualified horticulturalist should be able to diagnose what that problem is. Right. Thank you. And also a lemon tree. Uh, the lemons are fine on it, um, but we're getting curling of leaves, we're getting holes in the leaves, we're getting um, uh, uh, bone-coloured uh, marks on them. Could you tell me what's, cause, you know, what's causing that, please? Curling leaves could be potentially the citrus leaf miner. Yeah. And that would be determined by squiggly lines in the leaf and it will potentially be on the newer leaves. So have a look for that. See if you can actually diagnose the problem yourself. If the leaves are curling, it also could be a water issue. So water is one of the things that we really need to get on top of have a little dig down and i've already um told jim to do this this or chris this morning dig down below the surface and see what the condition is under that top layer okay that's that's your task Mm-hmm. And what am I expected to find down there if something's wrong? It may be what we call hydrophobic, where the the soil is repelling the water. And this can be fixed by a wedding agent. And, and how, how would Veronica know that? Because it will be dusty dry. Yeah, okay. Right. Otherwise okay, it will thanks. be moist and wet. So mm. we will be talking more about wedding agents and why we use them mm. in times to come, Veronica. Okay, right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. You have a nice day. Thank you. Cheers for that. Let's head to Forestfield and see what Anne's up to. Good morning. Hi, Anne. Uh, Yeah, good morning. Uh, Thank you, ladies, for talking to me. Uh, My problem is, at at the beginning of two summers ago, um, I bought uh, from the local nursery Little Miss. I bought three Little Miss. And I can spell it's a Alstromerica. Alstromerica, yes. Yeah, a hybrid. Well, in the winter, and they were flourishing and giving me beautiful flowers and everything. In the winter, one of them started um, showing yellow black spots on yellow leaves. And bit by bit, it dropped all its leaves. As soon as I saw it, I, I dashed to the nursery and got some uh, solution for black spot. So I was spraying and spraying that, because um, it's only about two foot high or whatever, or three, three foot high. And, um, I, I, and I sprayed and sprayed and I sprayed all through the winter, and it didn't make any difference whatsoever. It took the whole few weeks for every leaf to drop off. Well, come spring again, it started leafing up again. So I, so I thought, well, you know, it's coming on fine. So that is doing fine. Now, the other two, were, which were beautiful from the start go, now I'm noticing yellow leaves dropping. They're going yellow, but it's not black spot. They're pure yellow and I don't know what's um, a matter with them. None of my other plants, uh, uh, flowering plants, have got it, and they're flourishing. It's just these three beautiful Astromerica 
plants. Okay. So what can be making them go yellow? So firstly, Anne, tell me, are they in pots or have you put them in the ground? They're in the ground. Okay, and you're in Forestfield. Okay. Yes. Alstromerias are probably suffering a bit with the extreme heat we're having. Now, once they flower, each of the stems flower, just pluck them out. Grab hold of them at the base and pull the whole stem and you will get new growth. Now, if they're yellow, they could either be uh, suffering from lack of water and heat currently, but they might also be hungry. Honestly, I would not worry about them right at the moment. I think they're just in that survival mode and they will certainly pick up after the, the big amount of heat when the temperature's right for them and they'll come good again. Oh, yeah, that's good. But I have to say uh, that they started going yellow before those 40 degrees uh, hit us. And it, so this was early in the summer, just one or two leaves. Now there's quite a few leaves oh. on them. So, so I, I, it couldn't be the heat, could it? Oh, and I'm, I fertilise them with blood and bone. Ah, maybe you overdid it a little bit, or and maybe they were burnt and they're reacting to that. I act well. I do like blood and bone. You need to water before you apply it, sp sprinkle it around, and then water it in again. Yeah, so if you, if you did too much, they will potentially drop their leaves. Um, I, I like a controlled release fertiliser, and that will give yeah. you backup for months. So yeah. you could sprinkle that around, and you won't harm the plant. The other thing is a liquid for flowering and fruiting plants or and something like a, a seaweed tonic or yeah. fish fertiliser, something along those lines. Yeah, but yeah, also yeah. check your watering. You know, going yellow can be over-watering when they're rotting in the mm, ground yeah. or under-watering. Mm. And once again, I urge you to get out there and have a little dig down and see what the state of the soil is around those tubers. Okay, I'm going to leave that with you, Anne, and yeah, leave it up to you for much. now. Thank you very much indeed. You're welcome. All right. Thank you, Anne. Ch cheers. Bye. Bye. And we have another question about Ostromerias just after this. You are with Ray and Faye. This is Let's Talk Gardening straight out to the lines. We're in Maidavale. Rita, good morning. Good morning, ladies, and thank you for coming back on on air after your lovely Christmas break. <laughs> well, it was touch and go there, Rita. We, we thought about it. No, I'm joking. It was good right. to recharge the batteries, though. Absolutely. Um, I'm ringing about Alstromeria. I've had lots of Alstromeria, both in the ground and in pots, and they all die down around this time of year. Yeah. Mm. We were just and saying that off air. Mm. Oh, okay. And they all start coming back when it cools down. Yeah. Yeah. See, I've got, I bought some recently late last year, and I've got them in pots, and they're doing fine. In the pot. Mm. I have the old-fashioned varieties yeah. that, yes, there's no sign of them in the garden at the moment. Mm. Uh, so, yes, and I think it might depend on the variety because, like I say, these ones I bought late last year, they're, they're doing fine. So mm. we, they teach us quite often. They do. Mm. Oh, thank you for that, Rita. Good well, to Thank know. you very much. Have a lovely day and stay cool. Okay, yes, thank you. Yes, you too. Cheers for that. Bye-bye. Bye. Now, Paul.
Paula has written in to us this morning. Good morning, Ray and Faye. I recently bought two punnets of sage, but before I can, could put them in the ground, the leaves were holy, and when I turned them over, there were little green worms. Mm. Where did they come from? How can I treat them without chemicals? Well, that's a pretty easy one, Paula, because with your detective work, you can get in there, turn the leaves over, and remove the caterpillars. If you went in with a magnifying glass, you might even see single white eggs mm. that are caterpillar eggs. They may or may not have been there when you, when bought, you them. bought them. Yeah, uh, this is it's, the thing. it's probably that white cabbage butterfly mm. that comes in, lays its egg, and hatches out. So I would just keep going back. If the leaves are really holy, pick pick off and remove them and keep checking that new growth. It will come back. But mm. there is another solution and a product that I wouldn't mind using because it's organic and it won't harm anything in the environment, and that's Dipel or um, Caterpillar Killer. Caterpillar Killer. It's a bactericide that's safe to apply and you just mix it up in water, spray it on, reapply after rain or irrigation. And when the caterpillar ingests that poison with the leaf, it gets a tummy mm. ache and dies. Mm. So that that's another solution. Or just covering with, you know, if it's a small plant initially, you could use an old hanging basket with a bit of net over it and create that barrier. Mm. So it's it's frustrating when you do bring something home from a nursery. It happens. Yes, yeah, yes. It happens. But now natural predators in the environment, because everybody knows that's one of my favourite subjects. We know that, <laughs> yes. There have been a lot of wasp sightings. We have flower wasps, there are predatory wasps, there are tiny wasps yeah. that most people would think are just flies. I have a lot of wasps at the moment well, in my garden. And that's good. Mm. You'll see them patrolling around looking for caterpillars. Mm. Mm. So if you had a lump of clay, you know, something like from the Swan Valley or even clay that you buy in a bag, you make a, a lump of clay or drop a bucket full in the garden, the mud nesting wasps come in and collect that to use their their to make their nest. Then they go out patrolling looking for caterpillars they paralyse those caterpillars, put them in their nests and lay their egg for their young. And when the young hatch, they eat larva, it. that is their food source. Mm. So get the wasps working for you. Yeah, I have a lot um, at home. But they nest around my house. Oh, I love them. They're, they're rarely aggressive. And in my windowsills oh. outside. And, and all, know, all funny little nooks and crannies. Here's an interesting one, Ray. Recently, someone posted on the Native Bees Facebook group a photo of a mud nest wasp on a wall covered in I blue banded that. bees. I saw now, that. Now, this is the second time I've been aware, or maybe third, of blue banded bees nesting in mud brick. They'll, That's they'll interesting. They'll nest it in really mud is. brick homes. So, you know, wouldn't that be awesome if those wasps Well, I nest... do have a lot of blue banded bees as well. Yeah. I do. So maybe I need to look closer. That's just, and, it's just time with me. <laughs> and, and leave the mud nest wasps on your walls and watch. Um, it's so fascinating. Yes. Yes, I know. <laughs> and, but it, you need time to yeah. um, enjoy. And uh, I just tend to notice things in my... In my quick travels all around, but that's great. Nine four eight four one nine two seven. I know we've got a few emails to knock over. 
Well, where where do I start? What would you like to talk about first, Ray? Will we talk about stars of the season or will, will we talk about things we're noticing out in the environment that's topical or our giveaways? Well, let's talk about our giveaways because I think what we decided yesterday is that we would create a little competition today mm. and we'll mention it a few times as we go through uh, out the morning where we have a fabulous Hunter Hydrowise 12 Station Pro HC Irrigation Controller to give away. Now it's valued at $510. These um, irrigation controllers are Wi-Fi. They're fantastic. I have one. And I have it, and I control it from my mobile phone. They're absolutely sensational, and of course they save water because they're predictive. So they know if there's been rain or there's rain coming. They know when it's your watering day how much to water, so you don't have to worry about that. And they're absolutely uh, brilliant. And we do have one to give away, and I think we'll announce the prize winner next week and how they go about collecting it because we have the uh, addresses of where you can go depending on where you live to go and collect uh, your irrigation controller but it's a Hunter Hydrowise 12 Station Pro HC Irrigation Controller valued at $510 thanks to Hunter of course and the WA Turf Growers Association. Yes. So that's what we thought we'd focus on today and we'll be giving it away next week. So we want you to tell us why you want it. We want an email from you and it must go to gardening at curtainfm.com.au and we'll mention it as the morning progresses, but send your email in. We're going to go through them during the week. We will shut this off at Friday at 5pm, next Friday at 5pm. We will shut it off and we will make our decision late Friday afternoon and announce the winner on Saturday. So who would be an ideal winner, Ray? Hmm. Someone who is a little bit tech savvy would they have a mobile phone like you yeah, definitely it would yeah a mobile phone you know and, and i and i i assume a smartphone okay majority of people have a smartphone these days so you probably yeah you would need that uh, to operate this from your phone and we would take letters if people have yeah, letters but yeah but really the person who would win this would have wi-fi so therefore they would have internet. Yes, because yeah. that, that's one of the things yeah. that is, makes is, it work. Is required. And not so that, I mean, we're not exclusively <coughs> providing a prize to an internet savvy listener because no. we will also have giveaways yeah. following on from next week yes. of other products to yeah. use. And so you can ring what, in for those. What we've really started to do uh, since last year when we we really began to get serious about water mm. and the heat waves that we can have uh, experienced, we want our listeners to get better results from their garden. So last week we talked to a lady in her 80s who was having a struggle with her lawn mm. and she she asked my opinion on going artificial to lawn. artificial turf you know that's not what i want and there's a lot of reasons why mm. but we want to educate our listeners we want to educate ourselves we all want to be better at using war less water yes but still getting better results getting great and I results think we can achieve that and we want our listeners to be able to achieve that so let's work together for the sake of our environment and future generations. Mm. 
Okay, so just keep that in mind. Listen, start thinking about it. Start preparing your little email to us, gardening at curtainfm.com.au. And don't forget today up for grabs our $75 bigger voucher from uh, Kerry up in Pickering Brook. There's a lot to give away. As I said, there's prizes galore. We've got a lot coming up as well in the next few weeks. And, uh, yeah, we don't know where to start. It's, well, it's a great problem to have. And uh, it's, it's, it's all being given away to our... Our, our gardening listeners. Oh, I I just feel so well supported, Ray. <laughs> you know, we've been on a quite a big journey mm. this week mm. trying to understand more about water ourselves. We've been trolling through pages mm. of documents I and know. information in a bid to to get some facts and channel it out to the listeners uh, in a simple fashion. Yeah, and as I was saying to you yesterday, I was going down all sorts of rabbit holes. Oh, <laughs> it's a massive subject. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I. Look forward to you sharing with the listeners the rabbit holes you've been down. Oh, my word. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. We're in Warwick. Hazel, good morning. Good morning. I'm hoping that you can clarify something for me. When a human is sick, you, get, you nourish it. When a dog or animal is sick, you nourish it. But in doing some research into why my orchid wasn't well, I found out that you don't feed a sick plant, mm. and I believe it follows through with most plants. Can you explain to me why you don't feed a sick plant? I guess because a sick plant may be in stress, and so therefore... The human body is in stress if it's sick. So it's an animal. We, we nourish it, but we might use something different. I, you know, when a... Okay, we determine what the illness is or what the problem is. So in a plant, uh, it it might also be lack of water that's causing it stress. So if we then drop granulated fertiliser on it and that hits the roots without enough water, it's going to maybe burn the plant, putting it into more stress. You can right. certainly use uh, products um, that are microbial and encourage the soil organisms right. to work you can use fish fertilizers and and seaweed products which you know we often say it's not a fertilizer it's a tonic mm. once again it, it contains microbes so i guess it's it's still nutrition but we don't call it in inverted commas we don't call it fertilizer it's gentle so like you could a, use that on an orchid you could use it on an orchid yes right but okay. if it's sick, if an orchid is sick or stressed, first of all, before you even consider giving it nutrition... Find out why. Mm. You look at the roots. Mm. You look okay. at, once again, the water. Is it getting too much water? Is it not getting enough water? Uh, has it at some point been through so much stress that the roots have actually shriveled yeah. and it's... It appears to still be alive, but really, it because it's lost its root system, it may yeah. not survive. Yeah. I hope that makes sense. Hazel, that was an interesting one. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, it's confused me for a long time. I say, I've gardened for years and I've always thought, well, if something looks doesn't look well, give it some food. But then with this orchid problem, I, I discovered you don't sit, feed a sick plant. So... Uh, I thought, well, that's confusing. That's okay, and, and another thing with an orchid, and 
bear in mind there are many different types of orchids. Think about oh, yeah. the environment that an orchid comes from. If you yeah. had orchids that came from Singapore, they would grow in trees and the it's environment humid. is moist and humid. There's water in the air. Yes. If you're growing orchids in Perth and you put that orchid in a tree and the easterly wind comes and the 40-degree heat, it's not the same environment. This is why when people say, oh, watering, you know, people shouldn't water in the middle of the day. Well, you know, if you're creating an environment where you've got orchids growing in trees, a spritz where you're yeah, creating yeah, humidity the for the old man's beard and, and the orchids, that's maybe what they need. And, and a minute or two here or there is yeah, you know, how we grow plants. Now, I'm not saying everyone should be growing those plants because we're in Perth, but specialist growers will. And this is what we love about Perth. We have so much diversity. We do. I, don't, I really mm. don't want to lose that. Mm. In a few weeks, we have the Garden Societies Fair. And I, I really hope that the Minister for Water would come along to that and look look at the people that are growing these specialist plants. Many of them have shade houses. Where does this fit with, with the watering regime? You know, you don't water a shade house necessarily on two or three days a week. So are there exemptions for these types of growers? Many of yeah. these growers elderly. So the goalposts that we once had are now suddenly changing. There is no one size fits all, but let's support our growers and the industry that uh, this covers to continue to have a livable place. Well, when we get our 40 degree heat days, mm. plants going to survive without extra water at night. So that it soaks it up in the night and, and it's ready to put up a fight the next day. That's how I figure. Different plants need to be watered at different times. I know, it's very... For best results. Like I it's said, there is no difficult. one size fits mm. all. And, you know, I, I want everyone to be happy here. Mm. And that's why I think we can work together and, and perhaps we can understand you know, the elderly person down the road who who just loves their garden. They may, they want to stay in their own home. They may be caring for a loved one with an illness and they rely on that, that watering. The heat that we've had, you know, if they have to be out there in heat conditions when they're caring for a loved one and all of a sudden, you know, they can't get out there on that hot day or that hot morning to water. I don't want to lose their gardens because of that. Anyway, we need to part move on. Saying, part of what you're saying refers to me because I'm in my 80s, live on my own with a reasonably big garden yeah. and you can't do certain things at certain times. So I know what you're talking about. Yeah, We, and, we, um, we plan things. To keep it alive, but so far so good. Yes. Well, yeah. well done, Hazel. And thank you for an interesting <laughs> subject. Good. Thank you. Okay. Cheers. Bye. Cheers for that. Good. All right. And moving on, we're in Lake Lake Coogee. Hmm. Julie, good morning. Good morning. Um, just a query about a frangipani, please. Uh, my daughter lives in Kalgoorlie and she's got a frangipani, must be about seven years old. 
every year beautiful leaves it looks healthy i was recently there for christmas never ever flowered Mm, that is very interesting would you happen to know what the variety the variety or the color of flower uh as far as i know it's the white one that it should have been okay all right (laughs) and yes it should have so it's growing well it looks beautiful yeah i was doing a bit of gardening while i was down there for christmas and she was telling me it's never ever flowered and it looks beautiful okay so if the leaves are lush and green there is a possibility that it might be getting too much nitrogen at the expense of flowering and so this can happen you know i remember this particularly happened to an orchid grower that was growing cymbidiums and the leaves were lush and healthy and green Mm -hmm. but the fertilizer was nitrogen based so uh, i'm loosely saying like a lawn fertilizer so promoting leafy green but plants that flower number one need sun or and bright light number two potassium or potash might be the trigger so if you're your French penny was growing near a lawn, it may be taking up lawn fertiliser and therefore lush healthy leaves at the expense of flowers. Right. It's just in a, like a little border. She's got a ground cover, but it's under some palms. So the frangie, yeah. I was just about to say, I was going to ask you about the sun position. Oh, no, plenty of sun in Kalgoorlie. <laughs> but if it's, if it's under yes. palms... Yes, it will get strong um, morning morning sun she gets and sort of up until mid-afternoon and then the sun moves over. Mm. But it's getting sun, it's getting shade. It looks beautiful. Okay. Because I've commented how lovely it looked and All she right. said, then yeah, never t- flowered, Mum. Right. Uh, a fertiliser for flowering and fruiting plants. It, it's probably right. missed the boat for this year. But through the winter, um, something like pelletised chook manure with blood and bone to to improve the soil. And then when it starts getting leaves, flowering and fruiting fertiliser as a slow release. And then maybe oh, okay. a liquid on top of that. All right. Well, that's wonderful. Thank you. She'll okay. be pleased. Thanks, she Julie. Loves it. <laughs> yes, thank you. All right. Good luck. Thanks, Julie. Cheers. And next we're chatting to Queenie after this. Radio. You're with Ray and Faye, straight back out to the lines. We're in Floriot. Good morning, Queenie. How are you? Good morning, two beautiful ladies. Just, It's going to sound really silly, the question I'm going to ask me. All of a sudden, we've got uh, uh, mushrooms that are just springing up on our lawn, really big, beautiful mushrooms. And I said to my husband, I wonder if we could eat those. He said, no. Oh. How do you find out what is poisonous and what is not, please? Uh, take a sample possibly to the ag department or if you have access to Facebook there is a group called Australian Wild Mushroom Hunters Thank you Uh, Your photos would have to be very good to get an ID Uh, I'm not advocating that an ID from a photo is necessarily good enough uh, if I, and I think if you have to ask, then you shouldn't eat it. In the past, when people have eaten mushrooms, I remember there was a case some years ago where someone just ate something off their lawn and they were lucky 
to survive yeah. after many days and mass weight loss. Uh, you know, it affects many of the organs. It, it honestly does. isn't worth the risk. You no. can buy them from for about eight dollars a kilo. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks. I really appreciate your advice. Thanks for all your help. God bless you. All right. Everyone. You too, Thanks, Queenie. Thank you. you too. Bye-bye. We have mushrooms growing near where I live and uh, I see people picking them. And oh. I, I know, I know. And I've said, are you okay? You, you know, you, you know, I jump in and they go, oh, no, my husband, he used to be a farmer. He knows what he's doing. And she said, we eat them all the time and they're delicious, but they, they know. Mm. They know, but even then I'm dubious, yeah. You wonder if you don't see them again at the park the next <laughs> yeah, day. <laughs> yeah, you look out for them. Mm. <laughs> okay, now we do have a wonderful $75 gift voucher to give away from Bigger Trees. I've got an email here from a previous winner. This is from Bronwyn Harmson, and she says, I won a voucher from Bigger Trees before Christmas and went there today. Wow, wow, what a wonderful, neat nursery with tons of healthy reasonably priced plants thank you so much i will go again very impressive i got a water feature and love it thank you bronwyn oh wonderful ha- and happy customer so true it is a, a beautiful and neat healthy well-priced nursery i'd have to agree and if you'd like to learn more about bigger trees they have a website bigger B-I-G-G-A, trees.com.au. And they also have a Facebook page. You can browse that as well. They are home of the frangy ornamental and fruit trees and lots of other plants, an enormous range. I could, I can't, it's just like I'd be here all morning if I was trying to list what, what, is, what they have up there. We'll just say huge variety. Okay, now here is your question. Not to have won a prize in the last 28 days on Curtin FM. Must be a Curtin FM member. This is a curly one from John, but not overly hard. If you place both an apple and a pear in water, what happens? That's your question. If you put an apple and a pear in water, what happens? 94841927 if you'd like to win a $75 voucher from Bigger Trees up there in Pickering Brook. Thanks to Kerry. Now let's go to Parmelia. Steve, good morning. Good morning. Hi, Steve. Um, I just wanted to find out how to get rid of fake beetle from lawns and eat the lawns. Okay. Have you seen black beetles? It's actually not in my lawn. It's a friend's lawn. Uh, and he told me that it eats the roots of the grass. Okay. Have, have black beetles actually been seen? I don't, I, I can't. Okay. I don't know. All right. The only reason that I ask is a lot of people, uh, if they find a grub or if they see a beetle or even if they don't, if they their lawns go into disrepair, if there's spots or the lawns start to die, it seems that people go, oh, you've got black beetle. And that's not yeah. necessarily the case. So I would... For a start, I would just go back a step. I would get a bucket of soapy water and I would pour that on the ground next to the dead part because if black beetles are moving through the lawn, it potentially could also be an army worm caterpillar, which could be around at the moment, and they will be marching across the lawn. So go to an area that's still green but bordering on part that's not looking too good. 
pour a bucket of soapy water on and see what comes up. There are products available. Uh, there's quite a few different brands of uh, insecticide on the market that can target this. Uh, specifically, oh, I know there's one. Oh, I, I better not say off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, certainly at a hardware store or maybe we can get John to, to come back with more information, but there are insecticides for black beetles. I would just check first that it is black beetle uh, before going and treating a whole lawn with insecticide, which often these products have a wetting agent. And at this time of year particularly, it's a good idea to double check the water using catch cups to ensure that it's not a water issue. That would be my, my first step for other listeners out there. Okay, um, when I've seen him uh, carrying for his grass, I've only seen him out there with a the hose hosing it. Mm. And he's uh, where the grass is it's on a slope. Right. Like down to the verge. Yes, yes. And the water obviously runs off. Okay, yeah. So it sounds to me like a case of assuming it's black beetle where it might not be. It sounds like a water issue and there definitely is a water issue there anyway. I would get that sorted first. Yeah, it's got nice when it was green it was a nice last green and now it's Alright. Yeah, tell dry. him tell him to get out there, maybe even core or poke holes in the lawn or the soil with the fork and then apply a good quality wetting agent. Do that for starters and see what happens. Okay, Steve? Thank you. Thanks for your call. Cheers for now. And Rosa phoned in with a great tip. tip. She, that's all right, that helps, Um, said that liquid potash before flowering works wonders for frangies. Mm. Liquid potash. Yeah, so that's, that's another good tip. When you're trying to push something along and uh, get some flowers. Yes? Yes. Ten to nine. Yes. Okay. Thank you for that, Faye. (laughs) Eight minutes to nine. We will be going to the news at 9am. And just after the news, we are chatting to the Minister for Water, the Honourable Dave Kelly. Okay. Now, we don't have any takers for our little quiz. It is a bit of a doozy. You can thank John Glidden for that. I'll repeat the question. If you place both an apple and a pear in water, what happens? I'll give you a hint. One sinks, one doesn't. Oh! I'll give you a hint. <laughs> well, but I they remember... have to tell me which one. Oh, remember the party game from what? when we were kids? No, I don't no, remember Okay, anything. we'll talk about that I, later. I have no memory of my child. Okay, 94841927. You must be a Curtin FM, but not to have won a prize. In the last 28 days, okay, over to you. Okay. Ray, I I would like to go back a little bit in time. And as you know, Friday nights I often go down to the footy club. We know this. And dance your little heart out. Yes, and, and we've had a lot of support down there. A lot of people listen to us. So one of the stories I've told you before is about a lady who had a radio on in every room of her house because mm. she loved curtain radio. Many so of our much. curtain listeners actually do, yes. and also outside in their sheds and wherever. Yep. Mm. Well, this lovely lady, Ivy, I think it was the second time I was there, we got up and, you know, a couple of us did a little jig and a dance. And before she left, she came over to me and she said, Oh, I wish I could get up 
and dance like you girls. Yeah. Well, you know, every time after that, mm. Ivy was in her 80s, mm-hmm. but she did, right up until the last show before Christmas. Mm. And one of her good friends, Val, came to me last night mm-hmm. and told me that she had her last year last Monday Fantastic. and a heart attack on Tuesday. Okay. And the first song yeah. played last night was April song April Sun in Cuba and that takes me back to my surfing days when I was at Triggs Beach and I just imagine being off Ivy was a traveller and she loved to dance and she loved life and curtain radio so this song's for her okay and this is a song you've requested specifically for her I see it's been played recently we're going to over overshoot the rules and we're going to play this for your lovely friend and we do have a winner by the way for the bigotry voucher okay let's do it Woohoo! April Sun in Cuba by Dragon and that was dedicated to your dear friend Ivy and it just it's, a, it's an important point live life well, she, she did. Lived it well. Yep. So she loved all the music and the musicians that come down to the footy club. And even now, Ray, they've got a four thousand dollar jackpot on Chase the Shark. So <laughs> yeah, they should be getting more people there every Friday. All right, and we have a winner, Mary from Banjup. Congratulations, young lady. Uh, a voucher will be in the mail to you this week. Now, the question was, if you place both an apple and a pear in water, what happens? The pear sinks and the apple floats. Apples are less dense than water, so they float. Pears have a high water content, so they are denser, so they sink to the bottom. Okay, a bit of a curly one. Thank you, John Glidden. And was the game Apple Bobs? They, we used to used float to, apples yeah. in a bucket and you'd have your hands tied That's right, and you back. had to try and grab it with your teeth. Well, and did, did you, you have a blindfold as well? I think so. Yes. Oh, yeah, what a good a lot party of game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now we are heading to the news in less than one minute. Is there something um, you'd like well, to say? Well, just quickly, Gwenda has sent us in photos of caterpillars eating her plants. And, mm. yeah, these guys are really hungry at the moment. We have talked about caterpillars this morning, so it's same, same. But Dipel or... Uh, caterpillar killer is something you can spray on the plants when they get to this size they've been around for a while so continually going out checking for holes checking under the leaf and maybe even going out at night time with the torch because yeah. that might be when they come out like this one has been there for a a quite a while fatty. i so, can see that from over here mm-hmm. yeah the best protection you can give your plants is your shadow, Is your right? shadow, I know. All right, everyone. Nine o'clock news. After the news, we will be chatting with the Minister for Water, the Honourable Dave Kelly. Very hot and mostly sunny today, heading for a maximum of 39. It is already 30.5 degrees. The minimum overnight will be 22, so a warm night, mostly sunny tomorrow, and a maximum of 36. And for Monday, the minimum overnight will be 20. It will be sunny on Monday and the maximum will be 34. And from what I can see, for the remainder of the week, we are sitting in the 30s. So... Take care of yourselves, everyone. Look, as promised, we have the Minister for Water Online, the Honourable Dave Kelly. We've been looking forward to having a chat. Good morning, Minister. You're with Rain Fay. Yeah, hi. How are you going? Thanks We're... for the invitation to be on the show. Well, thank you for joining us. We actually feel very privileged. <laughs> <laughs> so this you, is... You, should, you shouldn't do. You shouldn't do. It, it's great to be on the show. 
Oh, well, we really look forward to hearing from you and working together with you to look after our, our future of water and watering responsibly. Fantastic. Fantastic. So, Minister, today we would like to have a general discussion to help our listeners understand a few things about water. Yeah, what would you like to dis- what would you like to talk about? Ray, I'll let oh, you. sorry. I, um, all right. Well, to begin with, uh, scheme water, bore water. Just sim- keeping it simple for the moment. Where where do does our water come from at the moment? Right. Well, that's a very good question because most people think Perth's water supply comes from our dams yeah. and hills. Mm-hmm. Uh, that used to be the case yeah. up until the seventies or eighties. You know, when I was a kid. Yes. You know, it used to rain quite a bit more in Perth. Uh, the dams would get about 400 billion litres of water would fall from the sky, and that mm. was basically Perth's water supply. Yes. Um, we used to use our groundwater a bit for watering public open space, like local councils and the like. Um, but it was basically rainfall that uh, supplied Perth's water supply. Unfortunately, with the impacts of climate change, uh, our rainfall into those dams has decreased probably 10 to 15 percent actually across the southwest not just in Perth Mm. Um, and that decline in rainfall has actually meant the runoff into the dams has actually declined by about 80 percent. If you can imagine the catchments around the dams are like big sponges and they actually have to fill up before they start to overflow and fill the dams up. Yeah. So Instead of getting 400 billion litres of water run into those dams like we used to, uh, if we get 50 billion litres into those dams each year, we now think we've done, we've we've been lucky. So that's a massive drop. Uh, Now, if Perth had done nothing, we would have literally run out of uh, water. But what uh, we've done, uh, the Gallup government, um, well, what we first did was start to go from the dams to tapping into our groundwater. You know, the view was in the 80s that the groundwater beneath our feet was plentiful and, you know, could replace the the the, the, the dam water. Yeah. And so that's what we did. But as we moved through the 90s and into, the, into this century, we realised that even that groundwater is climate dependent because, again, it's the rain that recharges the groundwater. So we then moved into desalination and the Gallup government uh, built our first desalination plant. It was opened in 2006. Uh, and since then, we've now we've now got two desal plants. Uh, we're now also recycling some of our water. So we get about 40% of our water from groundwater still in Perth, about 45% uh, comes from desalination. About 10% still comes from the dams. About 4% comes from recycled water. And then, so that's our drinking water. And then local councils are still tapping into groundwater to uh, irrigate parks and uh, public open space and the like. So that's a massive change because of climate change. We could just rely on water falling out of the sky, now very much Perth, uh, you know, we manufacture most of our water. So it's a very big change. So of the rain that falls out of the sky, in in urban areas where 
where there are homes, you know, people are looking at maybe putting in a rainwater tank and and they could do that using their gutters. But the the roads and the water that flows, uh, stormwater, stormwater. Mm. where does that go? Because that's all rainfall that used to recharge our aquifers. Where is that rainwater going? Yeah, you, you're absolutely right. That rain used to uh, recharge our aquifers. Uh, in in Western Australia, a lot of that um, stormwater runoff is channelled either out to the ocean, uh, into the Swan River, into local wetlands. Uh, so it, it goes to a variety of places, but most of it, it, it ends up Swan River, wetlands, some of it out to the Indian Ocean. So it, most of it isn't sort of lost. To the to the water cycle, obviously, if it goes into the Swan River or the or the um, ocean, you know, it pretty much goes straight out. Though the, the Swan River does enjoy the the additional water, but a lot of it goes into local wetlands and back into uh, back into the aquifers. So, what aquifers do do we have here, Minister? Well, there's a variety of them uh, north of the Swan River. The, the Nangara uh, groundwater system is our biggest and most important groundwater aquifer. Uh, so that, yeah, everything north of uh, the Swan River um, all the way up to Jinjin, that's, when I, when I talk about we, our reliance on groundwater, that's our major source of, um, uh, of groundwater. There are mm-hmm. other aquifers south of the river, uh, you know, the Jandicott uh, aquifer for, for one. Uh, but it's the, the Nangara groundwater system is our main groundwater source uh, for Perth, and you, you may be aware that we've just we've just put out a new plan for the Nangara um, groundwater system. You know, every ten years, uh, you know, we have to look at how that water is being uh, used, and we've actually proposed some quite significant changes. Uh, some of your listeners may be aware. Mm that we're proposing um, uh, that bore owners, who domestic bore owners who currently uh, can water their lawns, uh, water their gardens three days a week, whereas if you're on scheme, you, you, you're limited to two days. We're proposing that uh, bore uh, owners come into line and, and everyone has two days a week uh, watering. That will save a significant amount um, of groundwater. Actually, We're Minister, also- can I just interrupt you there? Because yep. I, I did the maths on this last night. After having such a wet winter last year hmm. and uh, talking to a lot of people, many of us weren't switching our balls on till around November. So hmm. those of us that were, it worked out to, like if we were going to cut that use next year, it was like, 20 days of watering and I thought if we're trying to make a difference here in saving water mm. why why are gardeners mm. um, like how how is 20 days of watering help going to help compared to perhaps and this is responsible garden bore owners sure. what about the yep. people who maybe aren't responsible would that be a better target because they might be watering every day, and that's four days a week, and they're probably not just watering November to March. So would that be a better target? Or I actually have quite a list that I'm not going to go through now of solutions to this sure. <laughs> so that it's not just about 
our listeners and our garden owners? Sure. Well, the proposal that we've put out is out for public comment until the 28th of February. So if people want to make a comment, they can go to the Department of Water and Environmental Regulation uh, website and you can make a comment. So if if you've got a list of suggestions, Mm. um, by all means, we do want to hear about it. But just to get back to your question, um, bore, private bore owners currently, you don't have to register your bore. They're not metered. The, the estimation that the department and the water corporation have done through surveys and the like is that private bore owners use about 90 gigalitres of water a year. Now, a gigalitre is um, the amount of water that it takes to fill up Optus Stadium. So if you filled it up to the top, that's a gigalitre. So about 90 gigalitres of water a year is used by private bore owners. So it, it is a lot of water, but we're not, in this plan, we're not proposing just to ask private bore owners to make um, some changes. We're cutting the water corporation's groundwater entitlement. You know, I said 45% of, uh, 40% of drinking water comes from groundwater. We're cutting the water corporation's entitlement uh, by 30 gigalitres. And to replace that water, we've allocated $1.4 billion in the budget for the third desalination plan. We're also asking local councils, most local councils, to reduce their entitlement uh, by 10%. And we're asked, generally speaking, we're asking industry as well. So that might be horticulture. Um, or people who use the um, water for industrial purposes also to take a, um, a 10% uh, reduction. So there's, there's across the board, because what a lot of people will notice if they look at the wetlands that we have left, that our wetlands, you know, we've, we've lost 80% of our wetlands in Perth uh, already through development. The groundwater has dropped in, a, in many places by up to 10 metres. But it's so, interesting some areas have actually risen because I, I'm aware of a case in Canningvale where internet lines were sunk into the ground, but the groundwater actually rose. Yeah, so, that's right, Be- because it's not, it's not one uniform bucket. I mean, water, you know, finds a uniform level in most things, but in groundwater there is lots of local variability. Um, the research shows, and, you know, uh, I'm really p- proud of the work that the department has done, you know, for many years on Perth's water supply. Um, the estimation is that we've lost a 1,000 gigalitres of water, groundwater storage, since the 1980s. So, again, a 1,000 enough water to fill up up the stadium for a, thou- uh, a thousand times is the decline in groundwater. And that's why a lot of our wetlands are really struggling. You may have seen uh, some media a couple of weeks ago about the Forestdale Lake in yep. the southeast of Perth. You've got yes. over 100 signets that are having to be found a new home because that lake is drying up. Now, in years gone by, there would have been other wetlands that they could have um, wandered off to under their own steam. But that lake, uh, because of the decline in groundwater, is the surrounds are no longer able to, to provide alternative habitat. Now, that is one of the lakes that if we make these changes, 
that we can stabilise the uh, the water levels in that lake. But it's been repeated. I mean, Herdsman Lake, Bibra Lake, uh, up in Yanship National Park. You know, the one of the lakes up there where people used to go boating is now. You know, the the jetties are bone dry. Yes. Uh, there's a massive reduction, as I say, a thousand gigalitres water stories that we've lost. Well, I was actually looking at Bibra Lake the other day. I went down there the other night. They've got a fantastic playground. The water levels look amazing. I actually mm. phoned the Coburn Council and said, what, what have you done to Bibra Lake? I mm. thought they'd recharge the water. And Chris Beacon told me that the water levels are reflect are a reflection of the surface water levels. And he said we couldn't put extra water in there if we tried because the wetland, you put it in one end, it flows out the other. And at That's, this time of year, what is happening, the water is flowing towards the coast. So being mm. inland, Forestdale Lake will be one of the first ones to dry up. Bibra Lake will quite possibly dry towards March. And, and that provides mudflats, which obviously a site click and become nesting grounds to other uh, critters and create different habitats. So a lot of these things are actually cyclic. Well, if you we, people will probably remember we had quite a wet winter this year. Yes. But it really was an an anomaly. The 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 trend uh, climate change isn't I mean weather varies but climate change isn't cyclical. Uh, the trend is all, unfortunately, in one direction. Now, we did have... Um, pe- people think that the winter that we've just had was incredibly wet. It was actually just a bit wetter than the long-term average. We had just under 900 millimetres of rain in 2021, and people thought, gee, that was a wet year. The long-term average is actually 844. So it was, was just slightly higher than, than the, uh, the long-term average. It used to rain in Perth uh, almost every year like it did this year. Now, the fact that people think that uh, this year was so wet just shows that we've got used to it hardly raining at all. And so the trend, the climate change, the trend is all in one direction, um, while there are some uh, variations in groundwater uh, across levels across uh, the Perth metropolitan area, the long-term trends in, in almost air, all areas are going in, in one direction. And if we don't do something about it, um, we're going to lose the wetlands that we currently have and Perth will become you know, much, much the... the the worse for it, uh, and I think that's that's really what we're trying to do by the new plan. Um, I know you mentioned earlier some people don't do the right thing, uh, and some people water when they shouldn't, and we can pick that up on the surveys and and you know the, the most the water corporation finds out from neighbours because there's a lot of people really want to do the right thing. Um, so uh, you know we are. Um, uh, you know, wanting people to do the right thing and, and uh, you know, people who water beyond their two days if they're on scheme are really not helping. Um, Minister, what about people with swimming pools and things like that if we're going down this path? Yeah, well, um, you know, we'd encourage people if they're going to have a swimming pool um, to uh, do the right thing and have a pool blanket. 
so that you're reducing um, evaporation. Uh, so there are things that you can do to make sure that your swimming pool isn't uh, wasting water. Um, so, you know, we're asking everybody uh, to make a, uh, a contribution. And if you, if you look at the history of it, you know, we, we had a time when you could spread, water your lawns at, you know, seven days a week in the middle of winter. Obviously, you know, from the 80s onwards, that wasn't sustainable. You know, we introduced a, a winter sprinkler ban. Uh, you know, we've gone to two days a week for skein water users and three days for bull water users. Uh, you know, what we're proposing in this um, in this plan is really just, if you like, you know, the message has been to private gar- garden owners that two days a week should be sufficient for your garden. All we're suggesting is that that apply to everybody now, whether you're a bore water user or a scheme water user. I'm so, sorry, yeah. Minister, we, we need to go to a break, but... I just warn you to get ready for all the emails that are coming through with people's feedback. And we here are going to work together with our listeners to do better with Perth's water. Fantastic. Thank you very much for your time today. And we would love to speak to you again because this is such a huge topic Mm -hmm. and we've only touched the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, look, I'd love to come back on and uh, have a chat. And as I said, the uh, the plan's out for public comment until the 28th of February. So we really do want to hear what people have to say. It's not a case of uh, we've made a decision and uh, it's set in stone. We really do want to hear what people have to say. Okay, no, that's excellent. And uh, where and so where do people go to find that link? Uh, it's on the Department of Water and Environmental uh, Regulation website. Okay, that's uh, DWER. If you DWER, and if, uh, if, if you Google... Um, uh, I think it's called Rebalance Our Water. That's the one thing I haven't got at my fingertips it's here. That's all right. For, I've it? put the link under today's okay. Facebook post mm-hmm. on Curtin Radio. Great. Fantastic. Thanks Thank you. That. Appreciate your time. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you, Minister. Thank you. Cheers for that. And that was Minister for Water, Dave Kelly. Curtin Radio. You are tuned to Let's Talk Gardening with Ray and Faye. Frank from Forestfield phoned in and he would like a cutting of a yellow geranium. I don't know if I've ever seen a yellow Mm. geranium. If anyone can assist him, we've got his contact number. If you are able to provide, uh, kindly provide a yellow geranium cutting to Frank. I haven't seen a yellow one, I'm pretty mm. sure. Interesting. It's got me beat. Oh, I'd love to hear from one of our listeners who... Who grows geraniums or or knows about it? Exactly. Right. Okay, so the lines are now free nine four eight four one nine two seven. We can breathe now, right? Oh, that's all right. <laughs> there was look, it's it's a start. It's a it's an it's a an enormous subject and an emotional subject. Water is very emotional, and of course, we as gardeners uh, do use water on our gardens. But it's 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 finding a way to assist our home gardeners mm. and teach our, our home gardeners how they can manage the water to the best of of their ability. Well, you know, going forward, what we didn't get to was... Well, there was so to, much to talk yes, about. I have, you'd have you him know, on for an hour. The, the challenges going forward or proposals mm. for going forward, there's no doubt we have to do better. There's a lot of us living in one space. Mm. And 
Urbanisation contributes as much as anything to drying up of wetlands. Yes. When you put in roads and then you channel the water away from groundwater, well, hello, it can't fill up the aquifers. Mm. Um, you know, people overwatering, if they're, if they're close to water, it's going to recharge pretty quickly. Like down at Bibra Lake where there's an amazing playground, it's just beautiful, it's nature, uh, there's lawn there. Now... If they watered that every day, you can see it's one to two metres below the ground. So Mm. it's not going to be wasted. It's going to go back to the lake system. So, you know, these are the the sorts of things that I wanted to have a discussion about. And like I said, you know, if you cut that third day a week, well, we're only watering between November to March now. Mm. That's like 20 days of watering. Mm. You know, perhaps if we target those that are watering copious amounts uh, like every day that's four days a week they shouldn't be watering in our watering season that's only five weeks to Mm. make up that 20 you know and then I wonder about exemptions you know um, what if people are having a special event you know planning planning an event uh, you know and they need, they need their gut versus know. green time. And what about our parklands? Because this is going to affect the councils as well. And yes. so our parklands, our trees, our nature, our animals living in our parklands. That's my. That's one of my large concerns. And like concerns. I said, I spoke to Chris from the Coburn Council yesterday, and you know they they're onto this. Their environmental mm. department is very proactive Pro. mm. so I would like to think we we could all learn from each other yes um, the turf industry are, are supporting us with yes. smart irrigation controllers mm. so let's get a handle on how we can do a little bit better ourselves you know we're still getting these questions about lawns so I want to help our listeners get better results here's one from Kevin and he sent him photos of his lawn it looks threadbare. So it's dried up. The water's probably not going through. It might be compacted. So he needs to, to aerate it to maybe um, give it a not a top dressing like we used to do, but just level so the roots have got some good soil to grow into using wetting agents and using fertiliser appropriately and mowing at an appropriate height. I see a lot of lawns that are scalped. Yes, And what that does is allow the sunlight Mm. to go through and almost cook the soil. Very much so. Like the the leaf blades. And there's probably, you know, certain turf that are more suitable for certain areas. Um, It is a big topic. Ray, we have got emails uh, that we've received from some of our listeners. But let's... Let's shift to something nice to talk about. Let's, All right. Well, let's Irene did about... say uh, thank you for not caving in <laughs> to the minister with your comments and uh, she'll send you a message. I guess um, I was just thinking the comment that I make, I think with potential bore restrictions to gardeners, I think if you're down to two days a week, I think a lot of people will water longer for their two days. Well, do you know, that's what do you know do? the bad side of that, Ray? Mm. People, unlike me, because I don't have scheme water. No. But if those people, I mean, when I hand water, it's bore water anyway. It's probably yeah. smarter to flick a switch and water for a measured amount of time mm. than for me to stand there, you know, gazing at my plants, mm. uh, hand watering. It's mm. not necessarily the best use of water. Best okay, practice, so I want to use mm. the best practice on mm. my garden. 
for those people who live in a suburb and they're watering two days a week from bore, when they go to hand water, they're using scheme water. Mm. Now, number one, it's going to cost them more. Yes. So I'm concerned about what their long-term plans might have been, um, their time, because we're all a little bit time poor. So it's smart to have a measured amount of time from a bore rather than using treated drinking water. Mm. That doesn't. That's more precious water. You know, you can fill your pool swimming pool from a bore. It's what I do, and mm. it's all I've been able to do for the last twenty years. Mm. But many, many of us obviously don't have a bore. I can't no, no. have one because of but my position. Where a I lot live. of people wouldn't have a swimming pool. Any yeah. anyway, you know, yeah. if if I can teach my grandchildren how to swim and be safe around water, that pool will have more than justified itself. Yeah. You know, we, we're surrounded by water. We just have to learn how to use it better. If people want to comment, there's a link on our Facebook page today. Yeah, Curtin Facebook page. Yeah. Uh, there's a picture of Bibra Lake up there. Yeah. And underneath the first link is, the first comment is a link to providing feedback. And it's important that we do all provide feedback by <laughs> the 28th of February. Yes. Okay, because yes. this is quite a serious uh situation mm. and uh, with, with long-term ramifications. There are industries yes. whose livelihoods, families count on this. Yes. You know, when COVID kicked in, uh, many people turned to their gardens. Gardens went you know, through look, the roof. You look yes. at the shelves at the moment. Like, mm. you know, don't we have a right to be able to grow some of our own food? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. Oh, Ray. I look, know. I've brought I know. you it's another vase of flowers. Thank you. They do look adorable. Mm. I'll explain to the listeners there's some very romantic looking roses in that bunch. Uh, can you explain to me what varieties they are? There's a beautiful <laughs> well, you... pink and an apricot. Yes. These these roses came from TAFE when I was a student there. Oh, I thought I just had a vision of you running around outside of TAFE somewhere um, yeah. r- taking the roses. No, no. They... They were digging them up, and oh. so I saved them, and they're planted in my garden. Yes. And, of course, these summer roses are much smaller. I don't know the oh, name yeah, of yeah. the pink, but this one, believe it or not, it's looking um, amberish. Uh, it, it's actually just joey. It's, it's the <gasps> well, I've noticed that the colour has faded significantly yeah. in our roses. Yes. Uh, absolutely, yep. yes. And there are, you know, considering we've had 40-degree heat yeah. and these don't get watered every day, uh, they're, they're hanging in there. You know, the foliage doesn't look healthy, but I've left it all on there, Ray, because the thing that I'm most proud of that brings me a little bit of joy is the perfect circles cut into the leaves of some of my roses, which, of course, is why I don't treat my roses uh, for, for any pests. I, I love the aphids because they will bring in... The beneficial insects, look at that little hole, Ray, on yes. an iceberg rose. Yes. So a leafcutter bee has been there. Yes. It's a perfect circle, folks. Yes. And they use that to line their nests and build their nests. Um, there are signs on some of the leaves, minor signs of what I believe might be chili thrip. Mm-hmm. So where they've perhaps um, sapped, um, rasped, a leaf mm. and it looks like they've weed on it there's little dark staining mm. on mm. it but you mm. know overall it's not so bad and it's certainly not as bad as what they were last year so i hope everyone else is 
roses are surviving. You know, these mm, that's questionable. These are not getting mm. any love. Well, they're they're old bushes. Yeah, I think it's quite a different story for young ones. Where's all our listeners today? I don't know. I think they might be listening to you and I chatting amongst ourselves. Oh, dear, that's we were going to talk about uh, stars of the season. Mm. Now, you've written down canners. The frangies have definitely been stars. Cycads, yes. bromeliads, begonias and bulbs. And we're also talking about shady trees and yes. natural spaces. Yes, because I heard a comment. I heard um, that... The minister had said there will be no more tropical gardens. Now, I've only heard that secondhand from someone. And I thought, gosh, I can just think right across to Gary Pike's garden, who I know waters twice a week. And, yeah, you know, into his garden. You Once you establish a so-called tropical garden, mm. you know, you've got a canopy. Uh, palms survive very easily. On They will survive on less than... Um, three times a week watering. They'll probably mm. survive on once a week watering. They provide a canopy. Cycads are tough as old boots. They sure they're, are. They're putting on a magnificent flush at the moment. They're very water-wise. Mm. So we can still have amazing gardens. Um, children still need to be able to, to play on on cool areas they need we need to get them outside they can't be on screens all the time correct i agree couldn't agree with you more i don't have children but 100 percent, i agree Um, adults too need to get get off get off these damn social media and all of this stuff yeah it's 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 taking taking away from your life taking a toll on our mental health and that's what we learned through covid people revert to their gardens so let's not take it away yeah i use sometimes i'm not big on facebook i use it sometimes just for the gardening pages and Mm -hmm. things like that but suddenly Half an hour's gone by and I think, oh, I wanted to look at one thing and I've I've lost half an hour of my life. Mm. And a lot of it is, you know, it's not it's not the best content. You have to choose where you go. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's go. Speaking of where I'm going, I'm heading to Port Kennedy. Kay, good morning. Hey, Ray, it's Kay who comments on your lovely garden. How are you? Oh, good. that's me. <laughs> yeah, I, but this is Kay that comments and you say that you mentioned me in, in conversations. Well, yes. I'm the girl that comments on your lovely garden. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You you always say very lovely things. Yes, of course <laughs> I do. I never swear. I never do it because it's not nice to do that sort of stuff. Yep. No. Oh, Kay, you're lovely. <laughs> How, how can we help you, young young lady? Young lady, that's what I like. I like it because I'm not as young as now. I'm a little bit older now. Oh, aren't we anyway, all? Mm. <laughs> I'm a little bit fed up of the grass in the pavers. I can't keep spending money. It's costing me a fortune and I can't go and buy food because I'm trying to kill off this grass oh. and it just keeps coming back and I'm a bit sick of it. What can I do? I've tried vinegar, I've tried salt tried the organic sprays and within two days oh look okay there's a little bit more greenery that's come through your path his brother so, pops up yeah. so what path it's um it's brick, brick patio pain. and i'm and i'm a bit sick of it and i suppose my ball doesn't help it it's um it does water a little bit of the grass a bit of the path where it is but okay but that's not the point i'm a bit sick of it and i'm a bit sick of wasting money and i just don't have the money to waste now well Yep, none of us do, okay? So is it lawn or what sort of weeds are they? It is it is lawn and I think it's oh. the old-fashioned. I think I've got kikuya grass and I think it's an old grass mm. 
And I think that's the grass, what it is, and it just keeps coming up under right. the potatoes, and I can't keep picking them up. Okay, so I guess you've got lawn butting up to the edge of your paving? Yes, I have. So one of the, one of the things that I do is mow and edge the lawn, and then I get a shovel, a flat shovel, and I scrape it along the paving to remove it. Now, if you... Oh. If you do want a permanent fix, yeah. Um, number one, stop watering your paving. <laughs> I can't do that. Pretty... I can't do that. Oh, it can be a bit hard. Okay. Okay. Well, the other thing is, dare I say, a herbicide that will kill, and you know they're they're sold as once a year path weeder or it. Zero. I, I think maybe that has to have yeah. Mm. Take take that approach. Fix it once and for all. Yeah, but you probably yeah, I think you, so you spray too. it once. It yeah. might come back. But yeah. but do both. So mow and edge, so that those runners are not coming across the top. Get yep. your um, shovel and remove yep. it that way. Yep. And if you keep that up with the spray as well, you you will be able to. Minimise it. On top of and, it. And, Kay, that's your job. I want you to tackle that and I want you keep that at the top of your mind. So if you were to do that today, like after it cools oh, down. Oh, yeah, 40 degrees heat. I don't think Kay's going out there. Well, you wait until it cools down or you get up early tomorrow. Of course. And then of in course. another week you have another look at it and you might have to hit it again. Okay? That's okay. your job. I'm going to be monitoring you. <laughs> Lovely to talk oh, to you. Yeah, I can't get away with anything in my life. That's I right. I know how you feel, Kay. I've got to say. <laughs> Thank you, girls. Have a good day. Thank you. See you, okay. love. Bye. Bye. Short break. When we return, we're chatting with Sandra, Lynn and Jen. Okay, we are actually here. As you know by now, if you listen to us regularly, we do get caught out chatting too much in the breaks, but we're chatting about the program it's all good all right let's head to mandra sandra thanks for waiting hello sandra sandra oh, i think she's got a radio she sure on, does. so she's there's delay ray do you want to go to the next call and come back to sandra hello. Oh, oh hello there you are have you got your radio off now sandra okay all right i think Sandra needs to right, turn yeah. her radio off okay, and we'll come back to her. Let's go to Lynn. Good morning, Lynn. <laughs> Good morning. That's a bit awkward, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, we're live on radio here, Lynn. Yeah. <laughs> How can we help you? Um, I'm just ringing to find out the neighbour across the road's having the house demolished and he has the most magnificent dragon tree mm. in the backyard. Um. Are there any contacts to someone that would, you know, want to take this tree on? Oh, I, I, horticulturalists would definitely be interested in that. Some nurseries will actually come and remove the tree for you. Horticulturists, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Landscapers. Okay. It's a, it's and a, it's an in-demand tree. How big is it? Oh, well, it's forty years old. It's, Good grief. It's pretty much like the one in Fraser Avenue, Kings Park. Good grief. So, Beautiful. yeah, it would have to be someone that understands transplanting um, a tree of that age. 
yeah. and how well that could be done and could it be done, that part. Okay. We're just having a look um, at at the moment while we're speaking to you. But, uh, yeah, I would be thinking uh, some of your major nurseries here may be able to connect you to someone, but certainly landscapers, as I say, it's a very valuable tree. Yeah. But 40 years old, that balks me a little bit as to how it would transplant. What do you think, Faye? It's certainly a specialist job, it and sure it, can, it can be done. Not not for the faint hearted. No, you need the right okay. equipment. And what would be the success of transplanting a zamia? It's small, but it would be in the would have been in the ground for about ten years. Mm, not sure, because they would be very weighty. There's a lot of the system is underneath. Are we talking about one of the native ones? Yes. I have done it with small ones, but as they get larger, it, 10 years old, it's hard to tell how deep it is. And it would okay. be, a, for one thing, a matter of how much you could actually take with that. All how right. Much soil and root ball. Mm. Okay. Thanks a lot. Okay. You're welcome. Good then. luck. Yeah. Bye. And Colin from Butler has phoned in to say he has great success with pouring boiling water on weeds in paving. Yeah, look, I've done that too. Mm. I can remember I went through, a, a, I remember I nearly killed myself one day. I had kettles boiling here mm. and there and water on the stove. I did all of that and I was in and out. I must have done 50 trips. I'm not exaggerating. But you know what? Their brothers and sisters popped up. Well, so and weeds compared to, say, cooch or kaikuya mm. are, are two different things. Absolutely. But another solution might also be uh, solarising where you lay down black plastic. That, that's a great solution. And, you know, you leave it there for X amount of time. Yeah, yeah. But specifically in 40-degree heat, black plastic it's will going knock to that off one. pretty Just, quickly. Yeah. Just don't slip on it. Absolutely. Mm. Or stand on it. Mm. Mm. Okay. Now... We have received a, a message come through, and this is from Eva at the Turf Growers Association, mm -hmm. to say that they would be pleased to provide the turf required for the swans. And uh, Eva has left her number and can be contacted, and they will get it sorted. Uh, first grade turf, not seconds, only the best for our wildlife. Where would she have, go? Run that by me again. Well, the swans that have been relocated yes, yes. from the Forestdale Lake, yes. they need um, turf, green space, food. Okay. Yeah. I, I'd like to hear more about that because I, I wonder why so many swans have um, bred in an area that wouldn't sustain them. Mm. Like a lot of wildlife know or understand, you know, or lay in the best place for their survival. Yeah, yeah. They're they're instinctive. Yeah. Um, so why would they be? So I under I would also wonder what the cycle is, and and is this year's different to last year's? Like, I you know it's a big subject. I don't know all the answers, no. but I saw the post recently on the WA Gardeners page where mm. the drying of Forestdale Lake was blamed on boar owners and yeah. and I like to put truth where mm. fear tactics are being used. Yeah, because from what I understand, swans are quite territorial and they stay where they've located themselves or perhaps where they've been born and they tend to stay uh, in that in that area. Mm. And so it's a wonderful story that. They've been saved mm. and uh, they were, I believe, taken to the Darling Range Wildlife Shelter. 
So mm. that's something I'll follow up on. Now, Ray, what I did have to follow up on last week was um, blossom and rot and tomatoes. Yes. And it is a calcium deficiency. Yes. Now, I looked at the pH scale and the most available calcium is available at a pH of around 7. So if we're going to get technical, we would be testing our soil to see that it is in the right pH range. range now, yeah. certain fertilisers can uh, change change the pH of soil. It also can be a factor of overwatering and underwatering yes. in the early stages of development mm. of the fruit. Mm. Now, once again, if we're watering in potting mix and it's new fresh potting mix, it's probably holding the moisture. Mm. If it's older, then the the uptake or the moisture holding may be quite irregular. You know, you might get dry spots in the soil rather than it's all uniformly moist, mm. which will have an impact. On on the fruit. Mm. On okay. the developing fruit. All right. And uh, Snowy of Marangaroo, his tip for kaikuri in pavers, lift up pavers and, oh yes, and replace with concrete laid on Black plastic. Okay. okay, well, there's a job for you, Kay. Yeah. But, but the downside of that is uh, turf growing at a height can come in and invade from the top, not only from underneath. You know the runners will get through if the lawn's not edged regularly. Mm, exactly. Okay, and we do have a call coming through about tomatoes. We are going to have a short break. We're also going to talk about our prizes coming up over the next few weeks uh, on the other side. Curtain Approximately eight minutes left of the program. Coming up next, Jim Crinan with the classic 70s. Uh, something to look forward to. Then Brendan T and Born in Boots from 12 noon. You want to say something, Faye? I can tell. Oh, just, you know, thank you to everyone who has sent in yep. emails. And I guess some of you might be disappointed that we couldn't put the question questions you've asked to the minister but we knew we only had 15 minutes and we knew if we went off track so to to walt uh to mary to ramona angela pam gail thank you very much for all your inquiries and i will write him a letter and perhaps we can get some answers back that way this is to be continued folks okay we're in mandra sandra good morning good morning sorry i in the car and my uh, Bluetooth dropped out before. Oh, okay. I see. Okay. Technology. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Gotta love it. How can we help you? I brought a tomato bush for a friend who lives in Leeming. It was thriving, going absolutely wild. It's as high as what the fence is and quite wide. Beautiful flowers on it, but I haven't had one tomato. Hmm. Right. Friends told me to pull it out that the it's because of the heat, but I thought I'll ask you the question before I do that. Uh, don't give up on it. Uh, so it sounds really healthy and it sounds like it's going for gold. It is what is called an indeterminate tomato. So what you can do is cut back the, the lower foliage that's closer to the root, take yeah. out the tendrils, which are growing at a 45-degree angle between the stem and a side leaf. So cut them out, and that will force the energy into the end of the plant. Also make sure it's got sufficient sunlight 
and moisture. Oh, it's in full sun. Right. And it and the sprinklers come on three days a week. Okay. And fertilizer um, for flowering and fruiting yeah. plants. Give it a liquid. It'll take that up straight away, and you probably will get tomatoes soon. Yeah, because I'll put an ice cream container near it, full of water to attract the bees. Because uh, I thought maybe it needed the bees, and I haven't seen too many of oh. them lately. Sandra, get yourself some perennial basil, and when that's flowering, that will bring in the blue banded bees, and that's what you want. I have got six plants of basil behind the one directly behind and next to the tomato bush, and all behind the roses. Okay, now it's patience. Right. All right, thanks for your call. Thank you. Thanks, Sandra. Cheers for them. Okay. Now, we want to have a little competition, and we're giving you the week to respond. You must be able to email us, of course, or you can send a letter in, you know, but I'm not sure I'd rely on the mail these days, quite the same. However, our email address is gardening at curtainfm.com.au, and you could win a Hunter Hydrowise 12 Station Pro HC irrigation controller it's valued at $510 it does operate on wi-fi you can save up to 50% of water with predictive watering I have one and it's got nothing to do with this prize giveaway I've had mine for a couple of years now 18 months and I think it's brilliant I think they're brilliant they're they're a fabulous idea and are you finding it easy to use Ray Yes, if I could use it. I mean, I'm pretty, I mean, I will never pass myself off as tech savvy. I mean, I had a question yesterday and I learned it very quickly and it was such an easy solution. And so they're not hard to drive, uh, quite, quite simple. And I, yeah, as I was saying to you, I'm sitting here now with my phone. If I wanted to, I could turn a station on in my garden if I wanted to, you know, and it's just such, it's just so easy to to control. So obviously I'm not going to do that. So we would like, this to go to someone who will take it on board, uh, manage it, save water in their garden. So perhaps <laughs> Jim's here putting his hand up. So you can put your hand up for the running, Jim. Send us an email. Someone who, who's going to actually make it work. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. look, we'll keep this open. I won't make it a members only in this instance. We will meet, make it open to all of our gardening listeners. And we do have other fabulous prizes coming up in the next few weeks as well. We've, and this is all thanks to Turf, WA Turf Growers Association, our wonderful friend Eva Ritchie and, uh, and a lot of people that she's involved with. These guys are really, really supporting this program. Uh, coming up from next week, we're giving away uh, two products uh, designed to uh, help you hold moisture in your soil and obviously using products that are soil wetters that overcome repellency and the two products work together they're called Aquaforce and Biagra not to be mistaken for Viagra because I jumped online yesterday typed in Viagra and I got all of these erectile dysfunction um, responses to my search so it's Biagra and uh, Aquaforce these products work together they're valued at $75 they are yeah, top of the range, absolutely top of the range. And each week for a couple of months, we're going to be giving these away to listeners. It's something that you would have to go and collect, but we can provide you with many outlets where you can actually go and collect your price, depending on where you live. We'll be giving those away for the next eight weeks, thanks to the WA Turf Growers Association and Eva Ritchie. She's been an absolute marvel to us. And coming up, we have also will have another opportunity for someone to win a, a 
Wi-Fi irrigation box another as one. well. Another Next one. Week, another one, just like the other ear, although um, it's, it is completely different. Yeah. For the first three weeks. So we're... We're doing our best Prizes to help. Prizes galore. We're inundated. <laughs> but we are, it's all about helping the listeners uh, to look after their lawns, look after their gardens, retain the moisture. And this is what we're very proactive in. And we want to educate people to get the most out of their gardens uh, as we go along. Anything else you'd like to add? Well, enjoy your gardens, people. While, while you're out there reflecting on what your feedback's going to be, the link uh, <laughs> to provide your feedback to the Water Minister is on the Curtin Facebook page today. It's the first comment underneath. And reflect on what your garden means to you. And many of us set up our gardens to be more self-sufficient going forward. We had a plan, fruit trees, vegetables, and now they want to change the goalposts on us. Mm. You know, a lot of people want to stay in their homes. So automatic retick, smart retick mm. is what they're relying on. The mm. older people can't just be out there in 40 degree heat when they're looking for a looking after a family member Trying inside. Hand water. Let's help mm. people, not and, and, hinder and, them. And I guess also consider your parklands and your and our nature out there because they are going to be impacted by this as well. So it's uh, you can be pro or you could be con it's up to you obviously uh but we encourage uh people to to make comment but if you'd like to win this fabulous little uh irrigation controller which is uh wi-fi operated uh you must send an email by friday of the the week coming by 5 p.m will be the cutoff point then we will select a winner and announce it on saturday morning so gardening at curtainfm.com.au all right it's been a busy morning. We knew it was going to be. Our work is done. Thanking Bev, thanking John, thanking Faye. And my gardenism for the morning is, and when life became too frenzied, she came to her garden and whispered to the plants until her smile returned and her mind was calm. Stole Beautiful. that one from Andrea. Mm. Okay, everyone, look after yourselves. Very hot day, very hot weekend. Uh do take care. And Jim Crinan is uh, chomping at the bit. He's ready. Okay. Happy gardening, everyone. Take care. We hope you've enjoyed listening to another edition of Let's Talk Gardening on Curtain Radio. Happy gardening.